0: No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify Eye Drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. Hi guys, I'm Emma and I'm Julie and we're the girls behind comments by celebs and welcome to episode 27 of our Kardashian bonus show So as you know, we are on hiatus from the season So we've been doing individual episodes that are either deep dives or kind of anything Kardashian related that we thought deserved an episode So we calculated it, and we have four more episodes until the show. I can't wait. Cannot wait. We are waiting with bated breath. So this week, we thought we would do a breakdown of kind of some of the Kardashians' most prominent brand deals and sponsorships. Bless you. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Are we keeping that in? Yeah, it's kind of cute. Um, Just like breaking down where their money came from. And again, let me start by saying there is a 0% chance that everything is in here and we know that. It's kind of just some of the big ones and maybe can help to make more sense as to where this massive fortune...
1: Yeah, the idea of it is kind of um, a crash course and how they accumulated what they did. Exactly. So we're going to go through each one. We're going to start with
0: Chris, then we'll do some joint ventures, and then we're just going to go in age order starting with Courtney. So let us get into Chris, shall we? We... Shall, so if you Google Chris Jenner's net worth, it says sixty million dollars. And that is so wildly off. As you know, Chris gets ten percent of all of her s- kids' earnings. So if Kylie, let's say you know, Kylie's a billionaire, right? That automatically puts Chris at a minimum of one hundred million dollars solely just based on Kylie, but does it work like that? Listen, even if you're going to say she got half of that, that's still putting her at fifty million just from Kylie.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I, you're you're right, and and I just don't know how it's used. okay. So my question is, yeah, you're right that in theory that makes sense, but why wouldn't every news outlet and every person who's recording her net worth just have an innate understanding of that? I don't
0: know, and and then I guess someone could say like, okay, well think about Kim. Kim owns a hundred percent of KKW Beauty. Does Chris get ten percent of that? I think again. I have no idea. I don't think that ownership is equivalent to how much you get from it because with them. Because I think like Kylie probably owns 100% of Kylie Cosmetics, but Chris could still get 10%
1: of her revenue from it. You don't think that's the case? I don't know. Managing, uh, like, okay, managing Kendall, for example, and getting her a deal with Estee Lauder is different than Kendall owning a company. And, that have, and maybe having nothing to do with Chris. With Kent, with Kylie, we know that Chris has an involvement in it. We've seen it in the show, whether Kylie owns 100% and there's a separate deal worked out with Chris that she gets X amount from that. I don't know if that transfers to 10% the same way it does if it's a management fee. I don't I don't know. I'm a little confused. I don't have enough knowledge. No, it's a totally
0: valid question. I think one would argue, though, what nothing that they do is in a vacuum. So... Kim, you know, has to manage. Chris has to also manage a lot of Kim's other project, like projects. So even just getting her to that position, I don't know. I I think that she has involvement, even if we're going
1: to say she didn't get ten percent of the entire. Billion I think thing, it's, I, I I think there's no way that she owns that she has ten percent of Kylie Cosmetics, and it, it, I don't know. I don't know. It's I've, very confusing. It's very confusing, and I don't know. But the one thing I'll tell you is that this sixty million dollar
0: number is absolutely inaccurate. yeah, Yeah, no, it's definitely way
1: way lower than it is, but I don't know if it's... Um, maybe it's not as high as we would expect it to be.
0: Maybe, but it is not $60 million. No. So in terms of just... Chump change. <laughs> in terms of note... Instagram-wise. Chris has 28.5 million followers, which is a lot, but of course, significantly less than her kids. And she does do Instagram ads, which every time I see them, I'm still confused and kind of surprised. And she's done sugar bear hair and high smile teeth whitening and flat tummy tea and all of this stuff that in my mind, it's like, I, I I would think that she would think she's better than that. Do you ever feel that way? Yes. All the time. Consistently with all of them. And I don't think. Listen, if you're Kim and you're making, which we'll get into, a million dollars per post, I kind of understand it. But with Chris, let's say she's making a hundred grand per post. Of course, that's a lot of money. I don't know if I think that that price is worth the the rep like the image that it gives across. What do you think?
1: I don't know. She doesn't do a ton, and I've noticed um, some like sugar bear hair ones, for example. I. I don't know. I I don't know what their classification is for "quote worth" it is. I don't. I don't either. Also, just in, you know, we'll get into the show. But her book
0: was Chris Jenner and All Things Kardashian. And in 2012, she was the spokesperson for Zestra, which is female arousal essential oils.
1: Oh my god! Completely
0: forgot that that happened. Now. Okay, in two thousand and sixteen, it was announced that the Kardashians were doing a deal with E for five more seasons for hundred and fifty million dollars.
1: Yeah, it
0: was a, like roughly thirty million a season, and it was it doesn't tell you the breakdown in, like per person. It says like broken down by family or whatever like they they won't tell you that, of course. but that, even think about just that. If Chris got, and we don't know, but let's say Chris got ten percent of that
1: whole deal, yeah. That's $15 million just there. And then the question is, is and I don't know how the math works because I'm a, not a math person. Does she get 10% of the whole deal or does she get 10% of what each person's, each kid's salary is plus her own salary? Right, I don't or know. Or does she not earn a salary from the deal and it's just the 10% that she gets as a salary? Those are the questions that I have absolutely. And is there a separate fee for executive producing? Is there a separate um, amount that she's making for... I don't know. I'm, There's a lot. There's so much. Yeah.
0: At that time, so when they made the announcement that they were doing that deal with with E, they said, um, quote, E said, we've aired 13 wildly successful seasons of the franchise, as well as 11 spinoffs, and season 14 is off to a strong start. We're incredibly proud of our partnership with the Kardashians, and they remain an important part of the E family. We look forward to continuing our collaboration for years to come. You know, that was... <laughs> Listen, it's not like anybody didn't have the association with E and the Kardashians, of course, but they are, they are to E something that's almost unfathomable. Like a network couldn't ask for a better pull. Yeah. You know? Totally. I wonder how sacred that relationship is to E. Like how much they, I I can only
1: imagine they're probably like royalty going there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a huge part of who E is. The association is so strong. She also had, like,
0: back in the day, the kids' the kids clothing store. And it's so it's crazy. Huge. Yeah, and it's so crazy to think that that was, I don't know, that that was even a, a relatively legitimate source of income for her because now that could never fund her lifestyle, you know?
1: You know, it's interesting. I don't know if it was a, a revenue project or just, like, a, a side project. I don't know either. Because something that— is really interesting that a lot of people do is they'll like open up a boutique just to have something to do. For sure. You know, also when she was- That's why all the stores on Greenwich Ave come in and out so quickly. So
0: true. Also though, she- when she was married to Caitlin, and especially even, you know, in the early days of their marriage, she managed all of all of her speaking engagements. Yeah. And in addition to the collabs that they did together. And if remember when we did our Caitlin Jenner Deep Dive, they made a shitload of money together with workout videos and all that stuff. I'm not saying that's the money she has now, but it wasn't like she just started making money the past couple of years. You and know.
1: again, they're smart businesswomen, so we don't even know what investments and what other companies they own that they're private and silent investors or passive investors. And in. so it, it's imp- it's impossible to say.
0: Yeah, it is physically impossible. As we go through the rest of this, we're about to get into the ventures. Just know that these numbers are, are we're only working with the public knowledge that we have. Is right. that a good way to put it? Yep. So in terms of Kim, Courtney, and Chloe's joint ventures, because if you remember on their rise to stardom before they had individual platforms... They had to do a lot of shit together because there was power in numbers,
1: right? Yeah, and there was a really strong association between the three of them. Their brands on their own weren't as strong back then. Now it's like they are all individual people. Back then it was like Kim's an individual person or it's all three of them together. For sure. So the first thing was in 2006 when they started Dash.
0: And this was their first store was in Calabasas. They ended up relocating to West Hollywood. And then they opened their second store in Miami, They then did the Soho location in New York and the Southampton pop-up. So I think at the most, they had like three or four stores open at the same time. You know, what do you think in terms of pre-Kardashian,
1: as we know them, income? Like how... Um, the Dash stores were doing pretty well at one time. At one time, and I was actually talking to Isabel about this last night when I was making the outline, and she was like, did you ever go to the Dash Tours?" I was like, I went in New York a couple of times. Whenever I was in Miami, it was like a thing. We always went to Dash. I always like convinced my parents to take me to Dash when we were in Miami. Yeah, because you had this illusion. You watched it on the show. You thought maybe they'd be there. That, you know, there was something very cool yeah, about and, it. And, and I mean, I, I personally, I never got anything because it was just like my parents would look at a T-shirt and be like, are you fucking kidding me? But I the people were, at the height of when people were obsessed with them and they still had Dash and those two things coincided I, I think Dash did really well and then once people were like okay we love them but not this much. Yeah it was kind of like an over the hype thing so that was open for 12 years
0: they started in 2006 and it wasn't until last year of 2018 when they decided to close them okay in, speaking chronologically 2010 was when they did the Kardashian card card with the K it was A the fucking flop I'll tell oh you that my
1: much God. it was their, their credit card and it do you remember why i had their face on tell it and them then, it, it, got and shut then down. it got shut down because first of all part of their deal was that they just thought they were going to have a face on a card you know they the, i guess the legal understanding wasn't fully there but the fees and Uh, Everything was so high on the card that the Connecticut Attorney General ended up writing a letter to the card's issuer, which was University National Bank, questioning the legality of the fees. And once that came about, the Kardashians pulled out because they were like, we were assured there would be zero legality issue. Let me tell you something. Think about that was in 2010. That was nine years ago.
0: Tell me that a present day Kris Jenner would ever allow that type of legality issue to even surface in the first
1: place. Like that's another world. Also, how mortified would you be if you went out to dinner and you got to put your card down and it was the Kardashians were on your card? You don't recover from that. No,
0: that was a very bizarre alignment. I conf- you do not recover from that. You're right. So they also had their K-Dash clothing line on QVC, which again, I never bought, I never watched, but I could imagine that that was probably, listen, like you said, when they were building up their fame and they still had these on-television marketing gimmicks, like it seems like a whole, it seems like a different lifetime. It does. Do you remember that same year they had their Kardashian glamour tan fake tanning products?
1: Yeah, like what? That was so like Jersey Shore of them incredibly Jersey short you know when this real, what really comes into play when you talk about the differences in these brands when Kanye came into the picture? That, this, all of this, every single aspect of this, and I'm not saying it's directly like Kanye told the whole family, let's stop doing this. It was just, there was a switch that flipped and there was a switch that flipped maybe for all of us watching Kardashians that we started to hold them to a higher esteem. And it was like, no more tanning products, no more of these weird lines. It was like only the best from here on out. Yeah, they also had Chroma, K-H-R-O-M-A, which was their makeup line. And they had that at
0: Ulta. And if you remember, they got such bad feedback on it that they ended up— It was not—that was not a good no, a no good run. Yeah, you're so right. They would not be putting them their names
1: on things the same way now. People—it was like—it was like people would buy it just because of the name association. Now people have an expectation of what they're buying. Exactly. In 2011
0: was when they had their Kardashian collection at Sears. And it was Kim and Chloe. And it, was from, it ran for four years, from 2011 to 2015. And honestly, it was— It God. was a flop. Yeah, it was considered a flop because apparently they only— It was projected to generate, like, I don't know, a couple hundred grand.
1: And, and it did way less than that
0: yeah it's hard when when people that are built on like glamour t- try to go into Seer- the Sears market you know I just right,
1: there's only certain people who works for it. like it worked for um, like Par- Jessica Simpson and going into Kmart works for Paris Hilton yeah, it works for Paris it, it, it's very uh, it's yeah it's very different. Um, also I think Sears was struggling at the time so it's mm-hmm. like kind of a double whammy but it's just weird to think that they were ever in Sears. it's, it's so sh- it's such a strange concept to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just think that, you know, as we go through this and you'll see the progression of, of their different businesses, it really just brings to the surface the level of, of I don't know, willingness that they were to engage with products that they really had nothing to do with, which that is not the case now. Listen, I know they do
1: the flat tummy stuff and, and whatever, but not to this extent. No, and, and Kim talks about that a lot where she's like, I would put my name on anything. I didn't care. I was just making money. And she says, and then Kanye came in and it was like, why are you putting your name on things that you don't even believe in or use or care about? hmm Okay, Julie, let me ask you a question. Ask me.
0: <laughs> what if you could use one program for all your health and weight loss needs? It sounds no. wonderful. <laughs> no more hunting for training apps, workouts, or calorie trackers and meal plans. Plus, at a goal specialist and a community of members to keep you motivated and accountable. And it's like a workout bestie all in one place. Can you believe it? <laughs> I can't. <laughs> so here's the thing with Noom. There's a lot of, you know, people have different kind of goals that they want to achieve with Noom that aren't just losing weight. For example, you know, better self-care, feeling confident in clothing, more energy, and just kind of an overall glow. There's the ability to make healthy choices, self-worth, better mood, help to control your stress and your anxiety. And I think, you know, also a lot of people that that are actively trying to maybe embrace a new lifestyle, being social can be really hard because you want to stay at home so you're not tempted. And being able to, like, learn to resist these things, I think, can be kind of amazing and a huge game changer I I at least think it is so Noom is a habit changing solution that helps users learn to develop a new relationship with food through personalized courses it's based in psychology and it teaches you why you do the things you do and then arms you with the tools to break the bad habits and replace them with better ones it's not a band-aid like it really kind of gets to the root of the problem and it's so individualized So you don't have to change it all in one day. Small steps make big progress. Sign up for your trial today at noom.com slash celebs. What do you have to lose? Visit noom.com slash celebs to start your trial today. That's noom, N-O-M-M dot com slash celebs. The last weight loss program you'll need. So now we're going to get into each sibling individually starting in age order with Courtney. When you look it up online, it says that her estimated net worth is $35 I would venture to guess that that is off. I'm not saying I do believe that out of everyone she probably has the lowest but I don't think that it's 35. I think that all of them across the board are above 50 for sure.
1: That's my personal belief. Yeah, I, yeah, we I mean it's it's literally impossible to know for sure. I think that any time that like the net worth is um put online, celebrities always say don't listen to so that. It's off whether it's be more or less. So uh, we're going to list all of them and just say what the internet says but just know there's a possibility that it's off for sure. Yeah, I mean listen, I do six shit to sit
0: down with their accountant. Sick sick, shit. shit. So obviously Courtney makes money from Instagram ads. And in terms of her followers, she's at 80.7 million, which is like significantly less than, you know, a Kim or a Kylie. And it's estimated that she earns about 250K per post. Again, you can't blame them for doing that. Like, I I dare any any person to be offered 250,000, no matter how much you have, and just be like, I'm good. Right. Although, one thing that we always talk about, like just ourselves, is we're always confused when they do those ads for the giveaways or they'll do like the Louis Vuitton giveaways and it's these really- I
1: still don't get what they are. I still don't get what brand it's through. I don't understand. I do not understand. The whole way that those work is it's like, okay, all you have to do is follow
0: everybody that this page is following and- it's about like a you know a gimmick to get followers. It's just so b- a below the Kardashians to me. It's so weird. And Scott does it all the time. I don't get it. Scott and Courtney do it together. I would have thought that that would come across Chris Jenner's desk,
1: and she would have been like, I'm almost offended that you would even think I would consider it. Do you know what I mean? I wonder what the— Maybe that's somebody they know that's in charge of that. I don't know. I don't know. Has anybody ever won it? That's the other thing. Oh, has anybody ever won— I don't know. I wonder like how- have you ever like none of them have ever reposted been like congratulations to this person who just got like fucking uh, a million Louis
0: bags? I'm so curious. I don't know. It's it's bizarre, but they we for everybody who wonders how weird it is, we're on your page in terms of not really understanding. So she did, in 2016, a Manuka Doctor skincare partnership, which was so on-brand for her.
1: Yeah. I feel like out of all of them, Courtney does the most on-brand stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: With, like, natural. Yeah. It's like she doesn't—I She I never see her do the Fit Tummy unless—I uh, mean, it, it, she may have done it at some point, but I never see it anymore. I think she is so—will not promote something unless she actually believes in it because that's also her own— personal brand. It's like, you can't preach all of this natural stuff doing what's best for your body, doing what's best for the environment, and then go turn around and do an ad for something you don't believe in. Totally. She also, and all the sibling has, she got a, you know, Courtney Times ex-Kylie, Kylie Cosmetics
0: collab, which, again, that's a question that I would love to know the answer to. What percentage of the sales from the partnerships
1: does the person who collabed with Kylie get? Uh, yeah, there's a that's a that's a good question. That's not even an inconsequential question. That's a really important question. No, that's an important question. So she did that. And then
0: last year, they were it was a whole family. They did their Calvin Klein fall 2018 underwear and jeans campaign. She also did her Calvin ad with Eunice. Remember, remember she was sitting on his lap? That was the hottest ad. She was in like a Calvin Klein bra and Calvin Klein underwear, and it was she was
1: wearing big, like baggy jeans. That. I have to say, like, thinking back on Eunice, even though it wasn't even that long ago, like, that was the perfect guy for her to have post-Scott. Just, like, fun and young and, like, hot. Universally hot. The type of guy where even if you're
0: like, oh, it's not my type, you can't deny the fact that he's good-looking. Yes. And Just no. strikingly
1: handsome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sexy. Like, mm-hmm. again, I'm oh, sure yeah. That,
0: yeah. So, then, most recently,
1: she launched Poosh, which Julie's their biggest fan. No, of. I mean, literally, by the way, I, not kidding, we— we're, where were we, Gregory's Coffee? And we had they had the Vital Protein Collagen Water, which I hadn't had. I I told this about, I was like, I've been craving it. Like, mm. I'm not even kidding. It's so good. It was just lemon water. But yeah, well, tell, tell them that, how you knew about it. Because, Poosh, the greatest website ever created. It's like Wikipedia for <laughs> It is. <laughs> which is so weird that I like it. There's not one aspect of, like, healthy living that I feel passionate about. No, it's basically a lifestyle website and like an e-commerce
0: destination. So she has, you know, products she uses and in interviews and go-tos and that kind of stuff. It's very... um I don't know. I I, I agree Amazing. that some no. I agree that some of the products are good. I just can't believe that it's considered like profound information. Like one of her guides is literally put lemon in your water, and everybody just treats it as like, I
1: that's no, a, that's a revolutionary but here's concept. The thing. no one treats it like that. I'm the only one that's out here like fucking poosh. First of all, by the way, I know you haven't spent enough time on it because that Trader Joe's list would change your life. The vital the vital was she wrong? Was she right about the vital protein? It was we loved the collagen water. It was. I saw a bit because of Sarah and Aaron Foster's story. But you saw about it on Pooch, yes. Right. I, <laughs> I think that it would all benefit us to actually look at Poosh instead of making fun of it. But spend a little bit of time learning a few things. That's fair. Again,
0: I have no idea the money she's making from it. I would imagine it comes obviously in the form of clicks from her website that then take you to the, the product page. So <laughs> I hope she's making a fucking ton from it. Same. Now, to move on to Kim. So when you Google this, it says her estimated net worth is around $350 million. I think that that totally could be right, and it also totally could be more.
1: It's impossible to know. It is. Tell us about her Instagram ads. Kim is in the same boat as Kylie, where they both make about a million dollars per ad. Um, She has 145 million followers on Instagram, which is fucking crazy. Um, And she also, she does a lot of the I, and I don't know how much she does anymore because I think something the Kardashians do is they archive or they delete after they've posted. But we noticed she does a lot of the sugar bear hair and the his smile and the fit tea. She was really into the fit tea for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's another one. It's 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 not like corny. I think Kim can get away with doing a lot of these ads. And the price point difference between what she's making for an ad and what the other siblings make also make it more desirable for her to do it. For sure. That's a million dollars. Like, do you
0: realize how insane that is? One post. Yeah. It's crazy. So just to take it back 10 years. In 2009, she did her deal with Shoe Dazzle, which we have no monetary information on it, but she basically was like a did a campaign with them. It's crazy that that is how—now she's in Yeezy. Like, right, like Shoe Dazzle to Yeezy. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Talk about a Cinderella story. Talk about a Cinderella story for real. She also did the Voluptuous Fragrance that same year. And then in 2010,
1: she did the Shape Ups, the Skechers Shape Ups commercial with Chris. You remember the Super Bowl commercial that was just her and that like hot trainer? It was like, that's like, oh my God, it was like the sultry ad. Everyone's like, what is Kim doing? Yeah, And then there was like a lot of backlash she got because shape ups apparently sucked and didn't work. And she had to like pull out of the partnership. Mm -hmm. I think she got a lot of money for that Skechers deal. For sure.
0: So then four years later in 2015 was when she did her book with
1: Rizzoli called Selfish. And it was literally just a book of all selfies. (laughs) Look at that difference. We stopped in 2011. It was the Super Bowl commercial. Obviously, she did a bunch of stuff in between that that like we don't even have. But at some point, she met Kanye, and it was all it was uh, the book and all of her own stuff after that, and all of genuine things that she believed in. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like these random ads, this random thing that she's throwing her face on, this random makeup club that she has. No, it's it's, it's true. really interesting. Yeah.
0: So she launched also Kamoji in 2015, which. At the time, I know now we kind of forget about it, but at the time, it was a really big deal. Oh, I loved those. Yeah, people use those all the time. This is what's so important, though. So in 2016 was when Kim appeared on the cover of Forbes. And in 2014, which was two years earlier, is when she launched her game, Kim Kardashian Hollywood. And I remember at the time being so confused as to what she was doing launching a video game. Like, there's so many other things to do. Why is this seeming necessary? Uh, Yeah. It was with Gloomobile. Mobile. And the whole point of the game, I never played it, to be honest, but was to go from, quote, E-list to A-list. So your objective was to get to the A-list. And the whole thing was that you were, you know, you were dressing Kim. So she had, what she would do is she would go out, let's say, out on a night, she'd be photographed by paparazzi and she had an outfit. She would then recreate that outfit into her looks. It was really a genius concept when you think about it. Yeah, and so the game started to almost like take on aspects of her real life because you would see these fashion that she was wearing and then it was in the game. And in the earlier days when she was working on it more, she would do Insta stories of like, okay guys, I'm dev- designing like my character. Do you guys like these earrings or should I do the shoes that I wore at like the Met Gala, you know?
1: Right, and the the video game ended up making a ridiculous
0: amount of money. Yeah, it made $1.6 in the first five days. It was the top five game in the App Store. And by the end of the first quarter, it had made 22.5 million, it had, it, sorry, it had 22.5 million players and had been played for more than 5.7
1: billion minutes. And when she was on forbes that was the re- that got her there it was she made 80 million dollars from the video game and remember she tweeted this at the time that Kanye tweeted that he was 53 million dollars in debt like whatever that situation was she tweeted sorry i'm late to the party guys i was busy cashing my 80 million dollar video game check and transferring 53 million into our joint account that was a that was a boss tweet why don't we talk an- more about that tweet in general, yeah. I forgot. I almost I fully forgot. But how did we forget that? It was such a massive... You know, the thing with the Kardashians that I find is that, especially when we do these deep dives, that we go back and we pull something up, and we're like, how did we forget about it? How can we still not talk about that? And it's, it's because they do so much that it's like, we couldn't possibly talk about everything. No, it's so like, true. That tweet was so iconic, and now that I'm saying it, it's like, oh my God, how did we forget? But think about how many other tweets I could read that are equally as iconic no, or equally as big of a deal. You're right. So in
0: when you read there's there was a Forbes article from July of 2018 and when you read it it talks about how KKW Beauty which she launched in 2017 is her most kind of like lucrative venture yet and this was the quote that when when she announced that she was doing it she said quote after 10 years of getting my makeup done every single day i've really put that knowledge into action and production this she said that at the Women's Summit and her first product was these contour kits because her and Mario were kind of they did not invent contouring, but, but they the made pioneer it
1: pioneer of of well, concord. They of,
0: made it well. They made it into the public orbit. They made it public knowledge, which is something we talk about a lot. That growing up, when we had this idea of celebrity, we never saw their glam squads. That was the most private aspect of it. They we were expected to believe that they just showed up looking that glamorous always. And I still hold true to think that the Kardashians were one of the first to really bring the idea of glam squads into the public orbit. And because of how much they did it you know, contouring became so much more talked about.
1: Let me ask you a question. Would you say they did the same with their trainers as well? Interesting. Do you think people, and I'm genuinely asking because I don't remember, and it could be a situation where like The Rock is always, but do you think people were as willing and as open with their workout routines and, and posting who their trainer is and what they had them doing prior to the Kardashians doing that? It's a really good question that I honestly don't know because I think I just don't care enough about anyone else's to even
0: acknowledge it. Like, for example, I know Chelsea Handler's been doing that forever with Ben Bruno, right? Kate
1: Upton's been doing it forever. I I don't know. Maybe... You think that they made it more kind like, of like it, it's kind of the same idea as the Glam Squad. It's like were we supposed to just expect that card that celebrities stayed in this shape all the time without you know we were supposed to see them walk out of the house? It's like oh, they just look like that. Same thing with the Glam Squad. Is it the Kardashians or was was that part of their? Um, Influence that we now see the way that celebrities train and work out and know for a fact that they're not just waking up in the morning and eating whatever they want and looking like that. Well, so perhaps it had a Kardashian um, element to influence totally, but I would say
0: probably the bigger one was the implementation of Instagram stories because there was no other way for them to really do it. Think about how they were going to communicate. They weren't going to put it. Well,
1: I guess you could share an article and say, this is my workout routine, but yeah, it's for the everyday type. Which, by the way, they did. Like if you look at old Cosmo articles
0: with, with random celebrities, celebrities. They'll tell you what they did, but it was very different when you got to see it videoed. So I think it was Instagram making that a thing. And then the Kardashians doing it so much, probably a combination to be clear. We are not saying the only reason celebrities post their workouts is because of the Kardashians. Obviously not. But I do think that they started doing it more than other people.
1: Yeah. It's just, again, the idea that there are certain aspects of, of, um, uh, of unattainable beauty, I guess, that you then, the Kardashians were more open than others to showing how they got to that place. Right. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I want to read th- these couple of sentences from Forbes. So it says, they're talking about KKW Beauty and it said, the startup has already tailed an estimated $100 million in revenue. Kardashian West, 37, owns 100% of it. Value at a conservative three times sales and with Forbes standard 20% discount applied, it accounts for the bulk of, of Kim's $350 million net worth. Which is, is it makes sense. Yeah, it, ma- it makes complete sense. I mean, once you go into the lane, of it's a hundred percent yours, we're in a whole other world now.
1: The reason that Kendall and Ky- i mean, not Kendall, that Kim and Kylie were able to be so successful with their makeup brands and so different at the same time is that they capitalized on what made their makeup their makeup, and it was two separate things. Like Kim's thing was contouring. You hear contour, you associate it with Kim. I don't care who else does it. You hear contour, you think Kim. With Kylie, you hear lips, you think. You think Kylie. So whatever makeup they then took off of that, whatever they added to their line, it still went back to those origi- that original base. And that's why they were able to be so successful because they were never associated with each other. Exactly. Now now they have free reign. Now she's launching a fucking matte 90s collection and nobody even blinks an eye. Right. Like Kim can come out with a lip gloss and a lipstick, but it's not, it's still part of KKW. It's not uh, entrancing on, on Kylie's thing. And Kylie can come out with a setting powder and all of these things and it has nothing to do with Kim. Exactly. So then she launched
0: also in 2017 KKW Fragrin- Fragrance. And she's now done like multiple different drops and different collabs and Valentine's Day and this and that. But that was also super successful. I mean, if you think when you, which I would love to do one day, Paris Hilton, like a breakdown of her wealth, because hers is so different than people expect. Like they think she's just an heiress. And listen, of course, she has a trust fund. But what Paris Hilton has done in the fragrance world and in the handbag world, specifically internationally, is not talked about enough. Yeah.
1: But I think because we, it's just not part of our everyday life that I, I didn't—you know I, you know when I realized that was when we were watching um, that documentary. The American Meme. The American Meme. And I was like, I did not realize how successful Paris Hilton's different business ventures Because I've never owned anything or known anybody who's owned anything Paris Hilton, really. Yeah, but— it, Even it, still, though. Yeah, but in the international yeah, community,
0: it's really big. It's really— Wow. So also most recently this year, she did a collab with Caroline Lemke, which is the sunglass brand. And this was one of those where it was, of course, she doesn't own the company, but it was more than your typical kind of partnership.
1: Yeah, she had her own
0: line within the company. Right. She had her own line, which is different than just doing like a little, a one-off type of situation. Yeah. I don't have the numbers for that. I'm curious how it did. I think sunglasses are really hard thing, and specifically because these were different. These would not look good on everyone.
1: Yeah, it's hard when, um, because the whole purpose of what they do when they're doing a brand collab is that you're getting something that Kim Kardashian wears. That like, really, Kim Kardashian, that's a staple thing for her, and it's different than everything else that anyone else does. And the thing that's hard about that is that, Kim Kardashian wears it because Kim Kardashian can pull it off. Not everybody has that same style and that same aesthetic,
0: or that team to make them c- and continually, you know, continually have that appearance where the sunglasses would look good. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is honestly, in my belief, a game changing company. I'm talking about Framebridge. So they make it super easy and affordable to frame your favorite things, from art prints and posters to the travel photos sitting on your phone. But the way that it works is so simple. So you go to framebridge.com and you upload your photo, or they can send you packaging so that you can mail in the physical pieces. And you preview your item online in any frame style. You can choose to get like a free recommendation of what they think from their designers. And the team at Framebridge will custom frame your item and deliver your finished piece directly to your door, ready to hang. It is so it is so good and so convenient. So instead of the hundreds you'd pay at a framing store, their prices start at $39 and all shipping is free. Plus, our listeners will get 15% off their first order at framebridge.com when they use our code CELEBS. I don't know about you, about you but I have so many pictures that I wanted to frame and I tried this and it worked and it was so easy and I... Honestly, I can't believe I didn't do it sooner. So get started today. Frame your photos or send the perfect gift for weddings, birthdays, and special events. Go to framebridge.com and use promo code CELEBS. You'll save an additional 15% off your first order. Just go to framebridge.com, promo code CELEBS. Again, that's framebridge.com, promo code CELEBS. So Mother's Day is coming up, and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom, because realistically, no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. Ready to move on to Chloe,
1: born ready kid.
0: So Chloe, if you Google it, says that her estimated net worth is forty million. Again, my personal belief is that it's higher than that. She has ninety-seven point two million followers, and she's estimated around the same as Courtney for you know paid per ad around two hundred and fifty k. What I think is really interesting is that all of the siblings, for the most part, have done fit tea, but for some reason, Chloe is the one that I think receives the most criticism for
1: it. Do you think that that's a fair statement? Yes, and I um. I think people hold Chloe to a different standard than they hold the others. Do you think that any of that comes from
0: the fact that we were brought up basically to think that Chloe was like the, quote, real one?
1: Like the yeah, Chloe, Chloe was, was like- also the real one. And also, when we talk about Chloe's weight loss journey, it was a lot of—the of, um, th- root of that was that Chloe was really—I mean, I'm going to use the word bullied here— bullied by the media and and probably by her own family at some point for being like almost the outcast because she was the heavier one. And I think when people see her promote things that aren't the healthiest way to lose weight, it's like... You hated that aspect of your life, and we hated that aspect of your life that everyone made you feel like an outcast. Don't promote products that make other people kind of feel the same way. I think that that's true, and I also think that part of it probably comes from, which we'll get into her show,
0: Revenge Body. And the whole premise of that is, like, this isn't a quick fix. It's a lifestyle change, whereas these quick fix products are not indicative of a lifestyle change. So there is some hypocrisy there. And the
1: whole—I think when— um you know, there's kind of a difference between the way that Kim approaches her body and the way that Chloe does. With Kim, it, it was always like, um, like, skinny was like the goal. Like, you know what I mean? It was like she was curvy, but it was always like a, a real emphasis on being skinny. With Chloe, it was more of an emphasis on being healthy and strong and strong. And like her, her book was Strong Looks Better Naked. Mm-hmm. And to when it gets a little confusing when you're promoting this healthy, strong, mindful lifestyle that makes you happier and healthier, but then you're also promoting something like Fit Tea, where it's like, hold up, those that that association isn't there. Mm-hmm. It's so true.
0: To go a little bit back, you know, from ones that we probably wouldn't remember, she did in 2012 her fragrance with Lamar, which was a unisex fragrance, and it was called, fragrance and it was called Unbreakable Joy, and that was their collab. Again, I don't know what they got from that, but I just I it seems like another world. That same year she was the co-host for X Factor with Mario Lopez. You know, did you
1: remember about that? Did I remember that X Factor? Yeah. Did you remember that X Factor no. because all I do is talk about Carly Rose and Claire and that was the year that she was the co-host. How was she? Honestly, I don't really remember her that well because the whole show was so amazing, but I think she was I think she was just fine. Like I think it was a little unnatural for her. She didn't get asked to do it again the next year. But that season that season of X-Factor is iconic. You know what's funny though, it's for as much as
0: obviously the Kardashians are comfortable in front of the camera and as much as they have their own personal brands and they're not stupid by any means, there's not one of them that I would be like, you know, they'd be a really good like talk show host. At, yes, out of all of them I'd say Chloe would be the best, I mean, but she tried. But even still, I it's interesting you would expect that maybe one of them would like have that and I still even Kim who I oh my god, a fucking icon.
1: I still don't think that that would be her her best. Yeah, right? They're really good at being on the receiving end of media. Well, that's what they're trained in. If they maybe if they had the same training and the opposite side, they would they would excel for sure. She also in 2015 had her
0: book "Strong Looks Better Naked." Again, I don't know the the you know numbers on there, but it was at the time it was a big thing. <laughs> Talking about non successful show ventures, tell them about cocktails with,
1: cocktails with Chloe. Cocktails with Chloe was 2016, and it was supposed to be like a pop culture themed variety talk show. Uh, the series was hosted by her, and after one season, it got canceled. It had a lot of guests on it. Like I remember, like Trey Songs was on an episode, and all these people. But in the last episode, it was Kim, Kanye, Chrissy, and John Legend. I think
0: something that I that is just like a theme in general, not necessarily with Kardashians, is that. Basically, what this was was a talk show, and the way that they tried to differentiate it was to be like, oh, no, we're making cocktails in her kitchen. And I sometimes think that when networks, and this is a bold statement, but when they try to do such a spin on something that really is so conventional, it almost doesn't work. It was like, no, this is literally just a talk show, but there happens to be alcohol in the background.
1: And let me tell you something that I've learned a lot from talk shows between Chloe and Chris trying to have one and a couple of others that that come to mind, is that you think that when you're producing a show that all you need is to have good guests. And it's like, well, they have so many connections, they'll have whoever they want on, they'll have a, it's it's not about that. We've seen so many shows that have had unbelievable guests that just don't work. Yeah, because you when you're asking
0: someone to watch something, that is a commitment. I think it's almost more intense than listening. Because you can't do something else. You're, you know what I mean? Like that's You're expecting them to really just be devoted to just that in
1: that time frame. So if it's not excellent content. Yeah, it, does, it almost doesn't matter who's on it because you get one interview. With, that's the thing with celebrities is that a lot of the times the interview they give on one show is the same they give on the other. So if you're not liking the host of the show who's in, engaging with them and talking to them and maybe pulling something different, I, I don't need to watch it. I'll just get it when they go on Fallon. It's so true. So
0: true, Julie. So she then, in 2016, launched her Good American clothing line. And it started with the jeans. And the whole idea of it was that she wanted to promote, like, body positivity and
1: inclusiveness. And it was like, I'm going to give you jeans that actually fit real women. I have heard I don't own a pair— I have heard incredible things about good American jeans, like from people that I don't even know if they know is associated with Chloe. Mm-hmm. Like someone's mom was saying, they're like, oh, my God, I have these jeans are amazing, good American. I'm like, "Chloe Kardashian's brand." She's like, actually, I did hear that, but it had nothing to do with why she bought it. Mm-hmm. I know. I, I, I
0: remember going into Nordstrom, I think, and seeing them there. I have never tried them, but I kind of want to.
1: Should we go try it? Let's yeah. go. Let's venture. You know we hate putting on jeans. I know. But. That's the thing.
0: She also expanded into workout clothes and other, you know, like, not, it's not a full clothing line by any means, but it's more than just jeans. I would say now it's jeans and different types of activewear. It's like Aritzia. Ooh. That was a good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Then in 2017 was when she launched Revenge Body. And it was a series with six episodes. And each, if you've never seen it, it's basically two people per episode. And... their first scene is that they're interviewed by Chloe and she said they want to lose weight and she says who are you doing this to get revenge on and she they tell them their story I think as Gunnar Peterson said in the in our interview with him that the title was almost a little I don't know if the word is
1: misleading but right because it's more than just about revenge they want to do it for themselves right the idea was kind of born I think after Chloe and Lamar and it was like it, it, it's almost that idea of like, look what you're missing out on. Mm-hmm. But it's not for the other person. It's for you. It, it is a little misleading. I think the title is just misleading, but it's a good title.
0: And they, they you know, th- the cool thing about this is that these people, could you imagine, being teamed up with the Kardashians, nutritionists, trainers, glam squad, stylists. They get the full treatment for, you know, however, however long it is. And something that always shocked me is almost inconceivable is when you get those rare episodes of the people that are like above it and acting so entitled. And it's like, are you literally kidding me that Khloe Kardashian just hired her entire team for you and you're not going to take this seriously? Yeah. Do you know how many girls would kill for this? Like, yeah. Like you don't t- even know what you're doing. We need, the, we need the tire
1: Banks gift there. Yeah. We were rooting for you. Yeah. Seriously, though, that's that's an it's unfathomable. We, I love the term revenge body for some reason. I, not in for what it like uh, it I don't know I just feel like it's so catchy I'm not even saying for like what it means or for what it stands for or what people do but I just feel like once that came out it was like oh I'm revenge bodying yeah oh, it was like it was like you know what it is it's kind of the idea where it's really hard to keep up with a diet unless you have a purpose for mm-hmm. it so like I find that like when I'm trying to lose weight or I'm dieting it's like I can't do it unless I'm looking at an event and say like I have to do it for this Mm -hmm. or like even if it's for myself or what I want to be it's like I have to have something holding me accountable and I think the idea of revenge body it's just like accountability for yourself but you're using another thing to get there for sure and also with these a lot of it is that they have like a reveal at the
0: end and I think that any of these kind of shows the people going into it like weeks before are thinking about that reveal and how they want to look when they're yes so 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 true So that was in 2017, and she hasn't done any solo projects since. Of course, she has her collabs, you know, the the Coco collab with Kylie or the birthday collab with Scott for Talentless or whatever the things are. But, you know, for individually, that was it. Moving now to Rob. Womp womp. (laughs) I don't really know what to tell you here. You know, he, when you look it up, it says his estimated net worth is $10 I know one could think that that's on par. I still have to believe that it's a little higher. One, because of projects that we don't know about, and two, because of, you know, being on the show. I don't know. He, he here's here's the thing, he really shot himself in the foot because when he had that huge fight with Black China and he posted the revenge porn pictures of her, he was kicked off of Instagram. And he was allowed back, but someone else has to run the account for him. And yeah, I you know you could say like he could he could be doing ads on his page. I actually but don't know if he can. I one don't even know if he if he can, if that's in the terms. And number two, like he really just lost his credibility, I think, in a lot of ways with that, yeah, don't you?
1: It Yeah, the story of Rob is just very sad because it's like, it's somebody you want to root for, and then he keeps giving you reasons not to root for him. And it's like, then you watch back the old episodes, and it's kind of like he's always had this drive issue. It was not—it ne- wasn't like he had all of this drive and all of this ambition, all of these ideas, and then you know he started to gain weight and 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 a little depressed, and he fell off the wagon with keeping up with those things. It was like there was a really early episode where he's graduating USC, and Courtney wants to introduce him to somebody, and he just doesn't go to the interview.
0: Yeah, I remember all of those. It came across as I think to a lot of people as like entitlement. Very Which I think could have been, but also could have just been confusion. You know, he really didn't have a thing. And it's hard sometimes when you don't have a thing. Yeah. Right? So he, this is so interesting. And I. everybody may know this, but you also may not. So I didn't know this, I by the way. I didn't know this. In 2012, obviously, he started Arthur George. You guys know the whole deal, the sock brand. But in
1: 2018, he sold the line to Chris. I think that had a lot to do with public perception of him and that maybe like investors and stores felt more comfortable with it, not in his hands. So he sold it to Chris. The thing about Arthur George, the idea of it, that was that it was like fun socks. And to be honest, you know, fun
0: dress socks. So like there were ones, you know, for the holidays that said words on the bottom of them. I got to be honest with you here. I'm not saying that the socks aren't good quality, but there is absolutely nothing differentiating about this from any other sock brand that wants to have fun with their styles. This I get that
1: socks were like. It was an attempt at a passion project. Mm -hmm.
0: And and listen, it could be successful, but I'm saying as a consumer, I wasn't like, oh, this makes so much sense. Because it's not like we grew up knowing Rob's passion for socks. You know what I mean? Yeah. We sounds we are literally talking about this like it's a fucking thesis, but it's
1: true. We knew Kylie's passion for lips. Yeah. We did, we did not. Yeah. Let the it. motherfucker come out of nowhere with goddamn socks. Yeah. Please, I never even saw him in an episode wearing anything other than white plain socks. Exactly. He also had his show with Black China, Rob and China, and
0: I, I just—I have nothing else to say. Yeah. Can we move on from Rob? Yeah. It's just,
1: like, upsetting to
0: me. He was ugh. Listen, I'm sure he's doing fine though. So before we get into Kendall, At least he has dream, you know. Yes. Before we get into Kendall and Kylie together, we wanted to do their joint ventures, which are really a blast from the past, right?
1: They had a lot and a lot of weird ones. Take us through the first one in 2011. So in 2011, they had a two nail polish colors, one for each of them, with Nicole by OPI, and it, it's estimated that they earned like a combined hundred thousand dollars from the endorsement. Um, like that was their profit in it. And then we move on to 2012 when Kendall and Kylie released their collection with Pac Sun, which. Call me crazy. Loved it. I was about fucking loved it. I was about, Owned about multiple
0: things from it, Julie. I was about to tell you that that when I went to Syracuse in that was the year that I started in 2012, and there was a PacSun in the mall. And the Syracuse mall was the only PacSun Destiny I had USA. ever. Yeah, it was the only mall I had ever been to. And I remember I had the, the only sh- mall or the only PacSun. The only PacSun sorry, the I was going to say that doesn't sound no, right. The only PacSun I had ever been into, and we needed to get a shirt for a party. And I, all I needed was like a simple black crop top, but a little more. And I walked in, and I saw that amazing. And then when I saw that it was Kendall and Kylie, I was like. This is best case scenario because this is me supporting the Kardashians without even knowing that I'm supporting it. Yeah. you know, I loved it. I thought they had great stuff, honestly. Um, in 2014 was when they released their shoe and handbag line under Steve Madden's Madden Girl label and it was for Nordstrom. Don't really know much about that, but it existed. What? I'm ready to get into the next one. Yeah, they, they wrote a book. Why'd they write a book? So this was some shit. Um, <laughs> in, so this was some shit. <laughs> in 2014, they released... Rebels, Colon, the story of Lex and Livia. It was a science fiction, like dystopian novel by Kendall and Kylie, and they had their ghostwriter Maya Sloan. It was it was supposed to be um I can't even get to, I can't talk about this seriously because it's just so ridiculous. I literally was about to try to It has a 1.
1: 1. 1.7 stars out of uh, 1.7 out of 5 stars rating on Amazon. This is one of those things where it's like guys, you
0: are better than this. You don't need to dream yourselves up as Lex and Livia these fucking like sci-fi characters. Like we want to follow your real life. Why do you have to make it sci-fi? It was so weird. And, and I've read everything. I, I read everything and I was like I am not even attempting yeah. this. One year later, they kind of redeemed themselves by launching their collab with Topshop, and they, the year after, in 2016, also launched their, their swimwear collection with them. I think that it's just been a theme that Kendall and Kylie, out of all of the siblings, kind of do well in their joint clothing collabs. I don't We don't
1: see that much of clothing collabs with I other— I have a question about the clothing collabs that I'm a little confused on. When you go to, like, let's say, Lord and & Taylor, and they have the Kendall and Kylie section— is that one of the Topshop clubs? Is that one of the brand that was at PacSun, or was that a separate thing? I don't know. But do you know which one? Because they have six sneakers. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, I think that they have a clothing line. I think that Kendall and Kylie is like their clothing line, and they can it can be, they can partner with different. So it's Kendall and Kylie is the the overhead. They partnered with PacSun. They partnered with Topshop, but it's all under Kendall and Kylie. That's gonna be my gut on on the situation. You think that it's not? I,
0: they those are partnerships, and then I think they got. On, went on their own and now that's their own label. I don't know who runs it, but it's because it's they sell it at all, every different store.
1: The thing is, as, yeah, tra-
0: as transparent as the Kardashians are, when it comes to the logistics of their businesses, it's really not that easy to understand. Because I don't even know if I believe a lot of the information. You know, like the only person that knows is really them. It's yeah. not all public. Even some stuff they know and it's just Chris that knows. Mm-hmm. Also in 2015 was when they launched their video game. And it was on iOS and Android. It was released in February of 2016. And the whole goal is to increase your, like, fame and follower count. So you start at the 100-follower club, and you are trying to make it to the 1-million-follower club. I Let me tell you, the real-life version of that, not so easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for real. I, can, I did not know that that was the premise of it until I saw this, and I'm just so disgusted for our generation. Why is that a thing? I don't know. Why are we playing video games about
1: fuck no? Why but, are we playing video games for Kim about moving from E list to A list? I know that's the that's the 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 Ken that's the Kendall and Kylie's generation version of moving from E list to A list. E list to A list used to be star a bigger star. Now it's Instagram followers you measure it by. I hate that. I hate that so much. Fame should not be measured in Instagram followers.
0: Truly, and I'm not. That's not even shooting ourselves in the foot. We, no, we don't want to be famous. You, can, I can yeah. understand
1: have, having some sort of like. No, but I. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard to say that because it's it's a tangible measure. It's not like, like, for example, for a celebrity, it's like you know X is a little bit more famous maybe than this person because their Instagram following is so high. And that's how brands measure how relevant and how in the public eye they are. And for us, no, do the two of us want to be famous? By no means at all or whatever. But the more followers our account has, the more famous our account is. No, I understand. I guess I'm just saying that it's – I hate that It even- shouldn't be that – that people are aspiring to accumulate as many followers as that's, possible. That's that's really,
0: I guess, the, the issue that I have with it. It's like, why can't you be happy in the hundred follower club? You know what I mean? And I, I know, when someone could say like, oh, who, are you, who are you to say that? I guess I'm thinking, speaking more like from a personal perspective, it's like it's okay to not. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting debate. It's I don't I don't know because if your goal is to be famous, like your end goal is, I want to be famous then yeah, you got to increase your followers. You got to do what you got to do. But if your end goal is just like, I want to have as many Instagram followers as possible, then that's stupid. Yeah. You know, maybe, hold on. Let me, I think I want to call myself on this because I think that
0: I am not being able to look at it from the perspective of someone who like genuinely wants to be famous because it's just to me sounds so unappealing. But I guess you're right. I understand if you're trying to grow your like personal brand in an effort to become like an actual star. Yeah, I get it.
1: Yeah. I, just, I remember there we've had this discussion a lot about like actors and actresses going in for auditions that we like have been told about and there one of the things that they have to put on their what do you call it, resume, headshot, whatever it is is how many Instagram followers they have because when you're looking to promote a movie or looking to promote a show that's important. How many people are you sending your role out to? How many people are going to see? How much, how strong of a following do you have that people are going to tune into this for the sole purpose of just seeing you in it? Well, yeah, we heard
0: that story once where someone was telling us that, the, you know, someone didn't get didn't get this one specific role solely because of
1: that. That was what came to the, the, the differentiating factor between them and someone else. So as somebody who, like, let's say it's, you want to be a... Um, an influencer and you're growing it for that purpose or you're using being an influencer for gaining a higher purpose if you are uh, you have an influencer and you're at 1.2 million and you decide you want to get your toe in acting and and you have the ability to do that, and people are impressed with you. Then the fact that you already have a standing is only going to work in your favor. It's so true. It is so true. Makes
0: a lot of sense because yeah, you have to think about it. the brands or the or the entity or the film company, whatever it is, has to be smart about their talent's ability to advertise because now natural quote organic advertising by the actual talent is so much more prominent than
1: it ever was before because these people didn't used to have a platform you don't understand now what you i'm promote saying all your own stuff and it's it goes out and and yeah people didn't people didn't used to be able to do that it was you spoke about it in an interview and you said like tune into this watch this i'm gonna be on this now it's It's your personal Instagram. If you want to post 10 slides about, or 10 stories or 10 posts about the show that you're going to be in, that's your prerogative. And that's only helping you grow that show. For sure. So we want to tell you guys about something
0: that makes shopping for beauty products so much easier. I'm talking about Birchbox. Here's the thing. Shopping for beauty products can be so overwhelming because of how many options there are. And I don't know about you, but (laughs) Julie knows that I get so overwhelmed and I end up buying everything and then using half of it and it's yeah it's, it's a real problem it's a real problem and so that is why we decided to try birchbox it's a subscription delivery box service and basically it makes it easy and convenient and fun to discover new products and buy full size versions of the samples you love and earn lo- loyalty points while you're at it so basically what it is it's a monthly subscription box and they send you little samples from different beauty companies that are totally customized to your needs but it's the best way to test out product because there's really no other way to do that. Like one, if you're at you know one of these stores and you use the samples, you feel kind of gross. You want your f- clean, fresh samples. It is so easy. And it's an accessible way to discover and enjoy beauty products. Great for everyone, even the you know, uninitiated and busiest among us. There are also so many different varieties and selections. Like I got Oribe for smoothing cream. Yours was like for volume. I don't know. We just got totally different stuff, and it was so perfect. So head to birchbox.com slash CBC to get started with Birchbox and get $5 off when you use promo code CBC. That's promo code CBC at birchbox.com slash CBC for $5 off your first Birchbox. birchbox.com slash CBC. Should we move on to Kendall? Yes. So, Kendall, when you Google it, says that her estimated net worth is 30 million. Again, I think that that's a lot. I think actually that's the most off of all of them. Yeah, I think so too. Let's start just with Instagram ads. So, she has 115 million followers, and it's estimated she earns anywhere between 600 and 750,000 per ad. Clearly, she has done a million, but some of her most prominent are Adidas, Proactive, Calvin Klein, and Aritzia. I feel like we should take a second to talk about the Proactive one.
1: Yeah. so she's now the face of Proactive as of 2019, as of this year. And it was rumored to be a $1 million deal. Now, I don't know if that's $1 million plus as many times as you post about it on Instagram or if the Instagram posts are included in that. But, yeah, should we get into the whole? Well, I just think that like, if
0: you guys remember, or just, I don't know, it's an interesting thing to kind of recap. So much has happened since then. When it was announced that Kendall was going to be the spokesperson, the way that they teased it was that she had a secret that she was going to tell. And everybody was kind of really excited. She they, they teed it up to be this really intimate detail of her life that she was going to share with us. So when she ended up sharing it, that it was her struggle with acne as a teen and announcing that she was the face, people were really pissed off. And I think that it was like almost trifold because, one, they were pissed, obviously, because they're like, listen— You don't use proactive. Like we have seen you go to all these different dermatological. You've
1: spoken about it, and we we know that you you can only fool the public so much. Yeah, I
0: think second it was also. You know, I totally get, and I think all of us totally get that the Kardashians have to. not not sell themselves, not, you know, sell their soul, but they have to do shit to promote their brands. I totally get it. But it felt so inauthentic that here they are saying that they're going to tell us this real intimate detail. And it ended up being for money, like for
1: a product. I didn't, I don't know. I didn't like it. There was no, there was no aspect of um, Kendall and Proactive that I enjoyed, that I liked, that I supported. I felt like she, not that she was above the brand's proactive, it just felt so misleading to everybody. And if you want, pro, it, from my perspective, if I'm proactive and I wanna say proactive works, look at this person, don't choose someone from the second that they're going to promote it that you know didn't use it. And And let me be clear, she may have used proactive, but if you get 10 procedures done and, and different light treatments on your face and all this other stuff, and then you also use Proactive, it's not fair to say that proactive is the reason that your skin's clear. It's so misleading and so off and everyone saw right through it. That was, that was totally the issue. And also because it's not like—the one thing is that it's not like we didn't know when
0: she was having her skin issues, which is another reason why I think that people thought—were kind of pissed off that that was the secret.
1: It's like you were filming a reality show throughout that entire time. Remember, that was very public. Yeah, we've seen a million and one— close-ups of your face and it's okay that you have acne. Everyone your age pretty much does but don't don't make money off of something that we know isn't what actually helped you? One, if you want to actually help people with acne, then tell them exactly what you did. And maybe they can afford it and maybe they can't, but at least you're being truthful with them and truthful with the struggle.
0: Yeah. And I know we're not in her fucking bathroom. She may use it now constantly. And honestly, maybe she does. Maybe they have some products that are great. I don't know. I know Proactive did help one of my friends, like whatever. But
1: yeah, it's just to say that it was a sole cause, there's just no way. Let me tell you something Accutane was that bitch. I was never on it. I never needed to be, but I knew a lot of people that it was like, you knew when they went on Accutane. I know. But the side effects were so, ugh. It was a thing. I know. It trust was a Trust thing. me. Um, in
0: 2009, she had her Forever 21 campaign. And in 2014 was when she became the face of Estee Lauder. Again, yes, there were little deals in between, but we're just talking about the, the big time ones. I love that she was the face of Estee Lauder. I thought that was so on brand and so perfect for her. Perfect. Perfect. Because you never think of Kendall as someone super made up. And when you think of Estee Lauder, you don't think like super over the top makeup. And just, yeah, just a classy association. Fully agree. Remember, she had the red lipstick. She had those specific like face eye creams and things like that. I told I, yeah, that was. <laughs> we're sitting oh, here. Yeah, we're sitting here just are. like shaking our heads. Good job, Kendall. So, it was announced in 2018 that she was the world's highest-paid model, making 22.5 million
1: for modeling in 2018. Wow, crazy, crazy, and something Kendall talks about a lot is that being a a Jenner slash Kardashian did not help her get into this world if anything it hurt her. Because she was exactly what you wanted in a model, everything about her, but people had this negative association with the Kardashians and people didn't want to hire her and people didn't take her seriously. Yeah, I think, you know, what's, it's almost like it helped her and it hurt and it hurt her. And but when I say help her, I mean
0: they had the tools to get her the best coaches and the best connections and the best agents
1: and all that kind of stuff. But in terms of her perception, yeah, people were like, "Who the fuck is this?" Like, like what, "You think that like, it was like, you think a Kardashian Jenner is going to walk in the highest uh, like, you think they're going to walk in the Chanel show? Are you kidding?" Right. And now it's like, "Oh my god, I can't even picture like any fashion week without Kendall Jenner there. Yeah. I can't I can't picture one runway that Kendall Jenner doesn't deserve to be on. What something that I think is really interesting
0: that she has spoken about is that in her when she initially started modeling, in addition to brands not responding so well and the public, her fellow models kind of gave her that attitude and now that's so not the case. I wonder if she ever comes into co- to contact with people that are like, why the fuck are
1: you here? Or if she's really reached that level of respectedness, that that doesn't happen. So I'll tell you what I think. I think with younger models, no way. I think everyone who is younger than Kendall and has been in the business kind of as long as she has and maybe a tiny bit longer has really holds her to a high esteem. I think that the older generations of supermodels, the the Cindy Crawfords of the world, the Tyra Banks, all that generation probably is is like Kendall Jenner. You know what I mean? Which right. is not right. I'm just saying. I think that's that was the the opinion that we we noticed among that. Yeah, and then just as you're saying that, my mind's thinking. Well, how many people are saying to
0: Cindy Crawford, like, "Oh, Kai is just your daughter." Yeah, yeah. no, it's not. I, and I, I yeah,
1: I, who knows? Who knows? I don't know. A lot
0: of politics involved with these things. A lot of politics in the modeling world. It, it happened. It happened to Sally, to Sailor Chrissy Brinkley's daughter. It
1: happens all the time. Sailor would have been a good one for Liam Hemsworth.
0: Yeah. Is she too young though?
1: I don't know how old is. I she think is? she's a little
0: too young. Sailor in like five years. Maybe in a few years,
1: yeah. But she seems like the type of vibe we were going for. Yeah,
0: like the Leah Jenner vibe for yeah. sure. That
1: was a reference to the yesterday's episode.
0: Um, so then, yeah, the proactive thing was just that it, it happened in 2019, and that was her most recent. She's done like some other, a lot of other campaigns, but right now those are the ones that she's like
1: fully the face of. Can we get into uh, say the best for last? Yeah, I mean, oh god. I've, I have been feeling very passionate about Kylie recently, so let's get into it. Yes, tell me more. What do you—have uh, you heard about her net worth? <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: yes, Kylie is worth a billion dollars, and it's not just speculation. It was confirmed by her Forbes cover. So, taking you back to 2015, because that's honestly—there's no point of even going any farther back than that. That was the birth of the Kylie lip kit. Yeah. If, so, listen— though this was around the time when Kylie had been speculated to have gotten her lips done it was a huge storyline everywhere she hadn't said anything she finally kind of acknowledged it and everybody was talking about her lips they couldn't stop so do you remember she started teasing that she was doing this new this new product she was doing a new venture she wasn't she, we had no idea what it was and when she launched the lip kit we thought that it was a revolutionary concept that she was launching the liner and the liquid lipstick in
1: one it was. I remember of all of the Kardashian products that I can remember wanting people going for, it being a big deal, Kylie Lip Kit was number one. Nothing even came close. For me and the and the surrounding and people who had it and people who were getting it and fighting for it and how... Everyone wanted it. There was nothing that compared to Kylie Lip Kitt. There has never been a product, I'm telling you, even now, where when it came out, I was like, "Holy fuck, I need it when it launches." And that's the way I felt about Kylie. The only things I've
0: ever felt about that in this world is that is the Kylie Lip Kitt and
1: the KKW Contour Set. Yes,
0: yes. Yeah, nothing else though. I
1: remember when you got the KKW. Oh contour my god, set. it's the best.
0: I did the funny video with the Lion King song. The previous and post like other ventures never did it for me. So the other thing about this that was very anti-Kendall, like not Kendall's approach, is that. Kylie, was never, she didn't lie. She said, I got lip injections. It wasn't like she's like, use this lip kit and it'll make your lips bigger. She talked about her journey with her lips and how it's always been a source of insecurity for her. And when she decided to do it, she wanted to overline and all that kind of stuff. And this is how this was born. So if the reason it was so opposite than Kendall and so much better received was because we
1: had been with her on the lip journey. Don't you think? The entire reason, yes, and the entire reason that Kylie was so successful in what she was doing it was that every aspect of the Kylie Lip Kit was personal. From... The story behind it, for how it was born, from the news surrounding it, from her showing us how to use it and putting the, the the swatches on her arm, every single aspect of it. To use her own arm in a video, it just changed something. It changed the way that makeup was marketed towards us because every aspect was like, here's how I use it. Here's what I do with it. Here's what my colors are. And it was on Instagram story. It was directly to us. And her success is directly because of the way she marketed that. Well, they, that's the thing. She has
0: never paid, she said this, she has never paid for any marketing for her products. It's all been through social media. Because think about it, when you have a following of 150 million people, you don't need to pay other sources because you're getting more from your own channel. Exactly. Yeah. yeah you're right. And that's why you grow your followers. Mm-hmm right cuz it, it equals monetary success i know you're no you're right it's just fucking wild kylie jenner changed the swatch game she changed the interactive makeup community game i really really believe that she changed the way that kim
1: markets her makeup she she changed the way that we look at makeup i really believe that before Kylie the way makeup was marketed was first of all towards a much older and and you know what this is what's interesting about it before Kylie the way makeup was marketed was towards a much older um like group of people and when you looked at makeup it was like yeah that looks great but how does that transfer to me a 16 year old girl and then all of a sudden here's Kylie a 16 year old girl showing us exactly how she does her makeup and it's like that I can wear, that I can look good, in. that's my look because I'm younger. I'm not a 40-year-old mom trying to wear Clinique. Mm-hmm. and it it changed everything for the way that we do makeup. It changed everything for the way that that people in YouTube videos show us makeup and show us different looks. It's so true. And also the packaging. The packaging cannot be a loss a lost thing oh here my God. That was those
0: lips are iconic. The lips are iconic. And also the way that she has played up her marketing and her packaging to be so fun and so young and so different was huge. People did not care this much about packaging. It wasn't the press kits weren't as much of a thing. I really think. I'm not saying people didn't do it before. Of course they did. But I think that Kylie was the, a game changer in terms
1: of press kits and making everything such a thing. And that's why this company is worth a billion dollars. It's, it's, and the thing about the Kylie lips is that it is not an easy thing to do to make a logo for a makeup-specific brand and have that transferable to every other aspect of what you do. To put it on clothing, to make it a—it's it, it's like the Nike swoosh. Okay, that's the Kylie lip kit. And you can put it on anything and you associate it with Kylie, even though it just started with one product. Yep, that's why they had, when she had the Kylie shop, she did
0: everything from the fucking fanny packs to the slides, to sweatshirts and everything. And people wanted those lifts. They didn't feel like I'm wearing a makeup brand on my shirt. They felt like, This is
1: Kylie. And the other thing about Kylie Lip Kit, it was was so recognizable. You knew, it it, it wasn't, are you wearing Kylie Lip Kit? It's what Kylie Lip Kit were you wearing? Mm -hmm. I have Coco on, what are you wearing? Yeah. Even for normal people, you'd see it down the street, you'd be like, they have Kylie on. Mm -hmm. And I think launching with not that many
0: um, colors at first was a really good move. Yeah, God. It was like you wanted to get the essentials. So, okay, one that same year, 2016, is when she became the face of Puma. And after that was when she had Life of Kylie. You guys know it lasted one season. I don't think she made that much from it, but she did make some, and that was a huge deal. And it gave us a good insight to her. Oh, my God, huge. She's the only—well, no, I guess
1: they've all had, like, individual spinoffs, but it was just her. Well, the reason that Life of Kylie didn't do so well is because Rob and China was at the same time, and everyone was obsessed with exactly. seeing them. Yeah, it's so true. So then she had her sunglass collab with um, Way,
0: Way X Kylie. They they all do stuff like this, so not that big of a deal, but yeah, worth noting. And then 2018, she became the brand ambassador for Adidas.
1: Can you touch on the whole Kanye involvement? Do you have enough knowledge on that? Yeah, so that was a huge plot point on Keeping Up with the Kardashians is... Kanye feeling so betrayed by Chris arranging Kylie to be the face of Puma because if you remember one of the things that he was really upset about was that Kylie walked in the first two Yeezy fashion shows so there was already I guess this association between Kylie and Yeezy it kind of looked like a slap in the face to Kanye for her to then be the face of Puma and the way he described it was like imagine if I just made another show on Sunday nights about myself and it was like Yeah, you have a point. It it was different because it's not like Kylie had a deal with Adidas or had a deal with Yeezy, so she had every right to go off and do Puma. He just felt like this is family, and why are you putting a brand over family? Mm -hmm, Totally. And do you remember, like, he tweeted
0: something at one point before it was discussed, I think, and, and my timeline could be off, but before we actually saw it go down on the show, he tweeted something about, like, Puma looking like such idiots trying to get Kylie but like she couldn't get her and then when she posted her campaign everybody was like
1: Kanye must be really pissed at Kylie because now it look he looks like an idiot basically. Right. And I think it was just I think Kanye never expected that Kylie was going to do it and I think even after that whole thing happened he was Kanye does this thing I've noticed where like he was more upset with Puma for signing Kylie on than Kylie for signing with Puma. It was like, why are you taking Kylie? That's my family. And he kind of blamed Puma for it, which was interesting. Which, listen, I like the guy, but that's a ridiculous No, 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 process. it's ridiculous. It's just, I think it's his way of um, explaining his frustration without turning it into family drama. Which, like, I totally get. Completely, and, and that was probably, like, it was almost like a diplomatics
0: way to approach it, but ridiculous. What, the brand is going to care about your familial association? Yeah,
1: no, but Kanye, that's Kanye's narcissism coming through, that everyone cares about right. Kanye. And also, though, at
0: the time, I know it was only a couple of years ago, or, like, this was, like it was recent, but, you know, Yeezus, I don't think... Yeezy wasn't what it is right now. Like every single day it gets bigger and
1: bigger. And so when yeah. her deal with Puma it wasn't the same magnitude. Like now I don't think anything Which is much- almost worse. Mm-hmm. It's like if you have somebody trying to grow something and you're helping them grow it then to then turn your back. I don't know, but also when you think about Yeezy and you think about is Kanye upset because it's just another sneaker? Is Kanye upset because he feels such a loyalty to Adidas that he would have wanted or is it just about Yeezy because when you think about doing a shoe collab with Puma, that's different than Yeezy. Yeezy is a streetwear, high markup, very valuable product that only a few people have. When Puma releases a sneaker like they did with Fenty, it was, tears for the masses. So are those even the same things? Was it about the brand, or was it about Yeezy versus Puma, or Adidas versus Puma? I think, it, I think, and I
0: obviously don't know, I didn't talk about it, is it's Adidas versus Puma. Yeah, I think I so think too. that's what the idea was. Like, how are you going to go outside the Adidas? If you're going to do this kind of sportswear deal, it's do it with not, you better Adidas. do it with Adidas, Yeah. That that's
1: just my gut. It's but, kind of nice that that Kanye feels such a uh, appreciation or such a loyalty to Adidas that it, he thinks of it his brand as being part of Adidas. Cause you would expect Kanye to be like Yeezy's Yeezy for sure. Also, though, I think that and you made this point to me I
0: think in the cab earlier today about like when we were just talking about the compete like the quote competitiveness
1: because we don't feel that their brands typically ever compete. Like, tell them what you were saying. About well, this. so what I was saying is that something that adults often ask and they they pose because. They don't really understand the differentiations between their products when they have two makeup lines. For example, KKW Beauty and Kylie Cosmetics. Also by adults, like I know
0: we're in our 20s. We mean
1: like people in their 50s. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. It looks like we're adults. (laughs) <laughs> this is brand new information. This is news to It's just base. in. Anyway, keep going. Um, something that they ask often is like, oh, is there a lot of competition between the two? Or are they really like, do, does one brand affect the other? And and we had this whole conversation about how they're targeted at such different audiences that no, they don't. So it's kind of the same thing with the sneaker collab. It's like, does it matter that Kendall, I mean, that Kylie came out with her own Puma thing because it's not like Yeezy and Puma are targeted at the same audience, really. It's it's interesting. But, no, I don't find that the family's brands... Interfere with one another, and if anything, they will use their individual brands to grow the other person if they have a similar stake in the market.
0: Right. So not only are they going to do different collabs, like a Coco collab with Kylie Cosmetics, or maybe Kylie Chloe's picks on Pushe, and then she gets a percentage of that, whatever it is. They definitely have a really nice way of integrating each other into that. I, I completely agree with you. But you know what's funny? One time, one of my dad's friends, like he, he was it was on speakerphone, and he was like, "Oh, Emmy just walked in," and he's like, "Em, I got to ask you a question. Is Kylie pissed that you know?" Kim's doing this whole makeup thing like I thought that was her territory like thinking like he was asking and he was genuinely curious and I was like that didn't even occur to me like not for once did I think that KKW Beauty was impeding on on like Kylie Cosmetics you know but I can
1: understand if you're not so into it how it's, you could for, think but, that it was when you're an adult or when especially when you're uh, the, one of your dad's friends makeup up his makeup yeah
0: when you're a 63 year old like dad and you're like oh shit and it's like so not like that no if anything they're more supportive yeah, yeah. It's so it's, so so uh, yeah. different yeah I don't know And most recently, in 2019, she launched Kylie Skin, her whole line of skincare products. Like I told you, we've never tried it. Everything we've heard is that it's basically mediocre, great packaging. They sold the thing amazing, amazing marketing, couldn't have done it better. You really feel like you're washing your face with what Kylie does. But it, and listen, it was incredibly successful. But in terms of the
1: actual product, I don't think that it's, you know, anything to write home about. But I will say, I think that her skincare is marketed the same way that her cosmetics are for a younger crowd. Everyone who I feel has reviewed the the um, the Kylie skin has kind of spoken about, um, like, oh, I, w- I wouldn't use it. But it's all older people. When you're younger, your skincare routine is so different than when you get older. It's not so much caring about... um like, how does this affect me? And how does it affect sunscots and wrinkles and aging? It's more like, is my face clean? And does it feel soft? And also, when you're
0: 16 years old, there's a really good chance that you don't have a fully fleshed out skincare routine. So when someone that you already trust and is around your age comes out with one and tells you these are all the steps you can get it in one
1: bundle, it's like fucking Christmas morning. Yeah. And it's so easy. It's so targeted. It's like, it's like my very first skincare kit set. It's kind that's of. That's exactly what it is. And then one day you're going to be 30 and you're going to upgrade to La Mer because that's what happens and you... Grow as a person. Oh (laughs) circle of life. Circle of life. (laughs) No, yeah, it's very true. No one gave me skincare routine when I was sixteen. I didn't perfect my skincare until like the other day. Yeah. You know, I would have been so thankful if somebody gave me other something other than the clean and clear with the microbeads that are awful for you. Mm-hmm. It's so, so, so
0: true. She Listen, they killed it. They killed it. There's nothing else to say other than that she kills it. And her and Chris, marketing geniuses together. You have
1: to be born like that. That is a skill you have when you're born. Some things are transferable. Some things you learn. Being good at marketing and being good like that, I think Kylie was just born with that gene. Taking it back to the Tumblr days. Yeah. She knew how to make the
0: things that she liked seem cool.
1: It, and even in that one episode where Kim is harassing her and Kim's making her approve every single outfit that she puts on because
0: of Kylie's Tumblr. Mm-hmm. It's, it's unbelievable. It really is unbelievable. She has a skill. She really does. Are there any other things from the siblings that you want to talk about? Again, guys, we didn't have the quick trim in there. I mean, listen, there were,
1: there were other things that we didn't have. We but didn't these have are- the, uh, yeah, there's so many things, but they've done so much. And the whole idea is like kind of how they've grown and changed and, and haven't changed in some ways. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. Lastly, last week we did,
0: on our regular episode, we were talking about that meme that was like the lunch tables and it was a different Kardashian assortment. And so we were talking about it forever. And I didn't give credit to the girl who wrote it because I had honestly no idea. And she messaged us, her Twitter is M R I A H. Her name's Mariah Smith. She's followed us for forever. I had no idea that she was the one who wrote the graphic. Did you have any idea of I that? I had
1: no idea. I should have realized when I saw her Twitter handle because we know her, kind of. Yeah. But so anyway, that she was the one who created that. And thank you
0: for doing so because it was so. We honestly had the best time doing it. And we got so many responses of people like where they would sit. Okay, guys. So we will see you next week for our regular episode and our show, Kardashian moda Show. And we have, um, I don't know, some exciting things in the works that like we'll wait to say on but just just stay ooh cryptic aren't you like stay tuned we should yeah okay love you guys